Hey everybody, welcome back for season two of the Broken Banquet podcast. This season, we've got more interviews with missionaries around the world, more interviews with authors who have written amazing books about missions, and more conversations about what it means for us to abide with one another. And yes, probably a story or two about Ashley taking a walk, eating food, or having drinks with someone who she now loves. We're so glad you're back. We're glad to be back. And we hope that you will enjoy this episode. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Will. How are you? I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. Oh, gosh. We've been recording episode after episode after episode after episode after episode. I was going to go like 13, 14 times, but we've been recording episodes of the Broken Banquet podcast for season two for what I feel like is forever. We have, and there's a reason for that. You know, your your producer, our producer, um, me, thinks that it's a good idea for us to have a good number of episodes recorded and edited and ready before we actually start releasing them so that if for some reason we get behind schedule, we don't just have weeks of nothing. So uh, I hope people are waiting patiently and will be just as excited as you when episode one drops. I think they will be, Will. I I really am excited because looking back now on all the episodes we have already recorded, while we recorded those episodes, I was in Kenya. Tanzania, Montenegro, Australia, New Zealand. So we've been on location or I've been on location through most of our episodes, which is kind of exciting. I really feel like it's a worldwide uh, podcast now. Or at least we're worldwide while we're recording it. Yeah, uh, it's been fun. It was fun. I think we're going to talk about this in a, in a few minutes, but being in New Zealand and Australia for a couple of weeks and getting to sit down with people in person, uh, it provided some really exciting technical challenges for me to deal with uh, that were a whole lot of fun. But it was it was great. It was great to be in the room with the people that we were talking to. We got to do some follow-up interviews with a few people that we talked to in season one. So, yeah. Well, one thing I was going to ask you is if somebody is listening for the very first time, like this is the first instance they've ever heard of The Broken Banquet, we could say, well, hey, just go listen to episode one of season one so that you can know what The Broken Banquet is all about. But do you want to say just like a, a little 30 second spiel of what is The Broken Banquet all about? I thought you were going to ask me what would I tell them to go listen to. And so I was trying to think of other podcasts to tell them to go and listen to. Don't do that. We want them to listen to our (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Yes. So you and I have both known each other for a really long time. We've both been involved in missions, foreign missions and local missions for a really long time and have just had a bunch of really good deep conversations about what missions means to us and what we hope it means to the church and to the world. And so uh, a little over a year ago, we decided that we would start having those conversations in a way that brought new people into the conversation and also put it out there for anyone who cares to listen, to listen to those conversations. So yeah, we've gotten to talk to uh, some authors who you and I really have enjoyed reading and have meant a lot to kind of how our own mission theologies have developed. 
we've talked to a bunch of people who are serving full-time in the mission field. We've talked to church leaders. We've talked to pastors. And just trying to get as many different perspectives as possible about what you and I have dedicated our lives to, which is missions and missional relationships. So that's, I guess, how I would summarize it. Likewise. I love the title Broken Banquet, and you came up with it one day while you were riding on your bicycle. I love the idea, the imagery it brings forth of us all from around the world, different races, different ages, different genders, different socioeconomic levels, everybody coming to the table of Christ, being loved equally and being present with God equally and being present with each other equally. And the excitement that that brings to me uh, through all of these relationships and conversations that we've been having uh, just gets me even more excited about this kingdom of God here on earth and the kingdom of God in heaven. Yeah, and it's also a recognition of the brokenness of that banquet that we've been invited to and the fact that as humans with all of our faults, we've done a pretty good job of screwing up that banquet and it's not what it's supposed to be. This world is not what it was created to be. And so hopefully through these relationships, we can play a part in things being set right and the banquet not being quite so broken. You know, the, the whole podcast might be garbage, but at least we've got a really good title. I think the name <laughs> of our podcast is a win. Good title, good logo, good merch. We are set. <laughs> yeah, that's, what it, that's what it's all about these days. Anyway, it's just the mark. Content doesn't matter. It's just marketing. What I've loved most about this podcast, Will, is I feel like you and I, our relationship has just gone to a completely different level. We were friends before, but we're family, and I'm probably like a thorn in your side most days. And uh, it's just, it's been a great, great friendship that has just blossomed. I'm excited about introducing everyone to Mino Missions, which is our new adventure and venture in missions and uh, what that's going to be like. And we'll have our board of directors on the very first full episode of this season two. And so I'm excited that this podcast, the Broken Banquet podcast, is now a part of Mino Missions. Yeah. And I guess people who, if, if you start listening at episode one of season one and, and stick with us, they're going to be hearing different things that are going on in our lives, especially vocationally, you know, as we sort of go through these seasons, of course, the focus of the episodes is talking with these other people, but we always have time to catch up with one another and see what's going on. And so, yeah, I think it's kind of a neat way for people to feel like they're getting to know the two of us a little bit better. And of course, my gripe from the very beginning has been that you're in a church with a ton of people. And so you get feedback and people have actually expressed to you the fact that they kind of miss the broken banquet. I don't get feedback from anybody, so I have no idea. But I'm glad for you that you feel that love from our listeners and that they're anxious to not just hear more interviews, but also to know kind of what's going on with us and with our lives and ministries. Well, one of the inside jokes that you and I have had since the beginning is somehow we saw on a chart that we were the number two religious podcast in New Zealand. So you and I decided that we needed to go to New Zealand to meet all of our fans. And so that's the trip that you and I just returned from. That's right. We needed to reward all four of them who had been listening to us for their faithfulness. And so, yeah, that was great that we got to do that. And so, you know, any other country that wants to really put it out there and pump up our numbers, we'll come and visit you if we become the number two religious podcast in your country. 
<laughs> well, we really did have a great time. We traveled with our friend, John Woodward, uh, who's been on the podcast with us many times in an interviewee role and then also as a guest interviewer. Um, and so he traveled with us. Uh, my husband, Chris, came along. We were able to see Whitney and Nate Hutchison in New Zealand. We met some new friends. I think my favorite thing that happened, though, was on that Sunday morning at Church Northwest, someone came up to me and said, are you Ashley from the Broken Banquet podcast? To which I responded, yeah, and Will's here too. They never came and looked for me. <laughs> it was good that we were able to interview several people while we were there in New Zealand to continue those relationships and solidify so many of our friendships. And then we went off to uh, Newcastle, Australia, we were able to see Rob and Lynn Branham and meet some other people. And I'm really excited about introducing so many people to the people we love in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, you know, we didn't really have a plan when we went. We took all the stuff just in case we had time to do some interviews while we were there, but we didn't really have much of an agenda. People keep asking me what I went to do in Australia and what they want to know is like, what did I go see? What are the sites that I got to see? And what are the things that I got to see in New Zealand? Did I, you know, did I retrace the Lord of the Rings movies, did all that kinds of stuff. And they just really have a hard time understanding when I say, oh, we just went to hang out with a couple of families. But what'd you see? Like, well, we saw their churches and we saw their homes and, you know, we saw pretty things, but that wasn't the point of the trip. It was to just go and abide with these families and encourage them and to be able to participate even just for a few days in their ministries, in the communities where they're serving. And I loved it. I thought it was great. We did a lot of work. We inter we did five different interviews. So there was a lot of work that was happening. But what meant the most to me was just getting to spend time with these families and, and get to know them better and their communities better and their churches better. And I was editing an upcoming episode that we'll release probably a couple of months from now this morning. And one of the things that the person we were interviewing talked about was how, what a privilege it is for us to be able to go out into the mission field. Because when we do that and we find ourselves in and among Christians in other parts of the world, it adds new color to the way that we understand what it means for us to be Christians and to be a part of this community. And every time I get a chance to go somewhere and to worship somewhere else in a different culture, hopefully in a different language, with people who I may be seeing for the very first time, it just, I feel like for me personally, it, every time I do that, it just expands what church means for me. And it helps me understand it better so that it helps me understand church on a local level better. The things that I see week in and week out, I understand them better because I've been so fortunate to see church in so many different places. Mm -hmm. And so to me, you know, I realize what a privilege that is and how blessed the two of us are that we get to do that. I hope that one of the side benefits of this podcast is that through our experiences and these conversations that we're having, we're going to be able to add some of that color for other people to what church means to them. I wanted to sort of find a way to justify this trip, if that makes sense, um, because it wasn't a vacation. It wasn't just some fun adventure. 
I needed for it to be more than that. Otherwise, I would have been very uncomfortable doing it. Mm -hmm. And this part of it really started to sink in after I got home and has been processing it of just how, how thankful I am that God is allowing me to see church in so many different places and to have this really full, robust understanding of that word church and that it includes people in South Africa and the way that they worship. It includes people in Cambodia and the way that they worship. It includes people in New Zealand and Australia now and the way that they worship. And and I find myself, and this may be sort of a selfish endeavor, but kind of craving opportunities to continue to have those experiences because I want to see it everywhere. Like I want to see how everyone is doing it all over the world so that I can have this this better understanding that I like personally just kind of yearn for. Well, no, I think God has gifted you with an insatiable curiosity. And it's something that I love so much about you because when, when God does put something of interest like this on your heart, you are all in. And I think that this is something we all should be all in on. Um, this word abide is so important to me and now to us. And it's this way of, um, of capturing this inward enduring personal communion. How do we connect with God? How do we connect with others? How do we do that on a relational level with mind, soul, body, and strength? So how do we how do we continuously live in a relationship with each other where we learn together, where we grow together, and where we continue to be united in this body of Christ? And it's a beautiful thing. And I think I have the same bug. I might not have the curiosity you have. I still am trying to cultivate my curiosity. But what I do love is seeing new things so that my heart and my mind continue to be open to ways God is working. Yeah, and I, get, I think the challenge, the part that I struggle with is the fact that it isn't something that everybody gets to do as much as they might want to, as curious as they might be, you and I are in a pretty unique situation. And and so maybe what I feel is a little bit of a burden Mm -hmm. that it's not fair for us to see the things that we see and experience the things that we see and just kind of keep them to ourselves. Mm -hmm. I can remember having conversations with Yolanda after I moved here, fresh out of seminary, and she kept reminding me, you know, you've had an opportunity that a lot of people here in this community haven't had, and you have a responsibility. You can't just enjoy the things that you learned in seminary all for yourself. You have to share those things. And and I feel like this is kind of similar. You and I get to see the church in a lot of different places that most of our friends and family and listeners don't. And so if this podcast can be a platform for us to share those experiences, share those friendships, share those connections with other people so that when people finish listening to this, the word church might mean something a little bit different to them, which is also my hope when volunteers come to Costa Rica to spend time with us here is that when they leave, the word church will mean something different. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's the whole point. I mean, maybe we're really trying to kind of re-educate ourselves and others to think differently about church and everything that that means, which includes these missional relationships. Right. Well, this week we got Thanksgiving coming up. I know that Thanksgiving in Costa Rica is not exactly like Thanksgiving in, uh, you know, the United States of America. Yeah, I would say this week you have Thanksgiving <laughs> coming up. Um <laughs> I mean, we're aware of it. It's just not so. We're thankful every single day. Okay. So we don't we don't 
set aside a specific day. And we certainly in Costa Rica don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about pilgrims and Indians. Um, <laughs> so I am thankful that you are excited about Thanksgiving and the activities that you've got planned and that you'll get to spend that special time with your friends and family. Ah, thank you, Will. Well, we had it all planned out. My husband and I were taking all the kids, his his two kids with their two spouses, um, and then uh, my boy Mac. We were all heading down to Grand Isle for a great fishing weekend over Thanksgiving. Everybody had a few days off, so we were all going to get together, gather, reconnect, do all the things, go fishing, watch football games. And then my dad called. Mm-hmm. My dad called and he said, hey, I feel really good. And I was like, Dad, great. First time in months. I'm so glad you're feeling good. Well, guess what? I just bought a ticket. I was like, where are you going, Dad? I'm going to the Bahamas, Ashley. I'm going to go watch University of North Carolina play basketball for three days. I said, Dad, that sounds awesome. I'm coming along with you. So we're very, very excited. We leave on Tuesday and we are going to watch three days of the battle for Atlantis. And got great teams and my dad and I love each other and love University of North Carolina basketball. Don't you? Let's start a little chant. Tar! Go for it. We'll say heels. So tar! Tar! Okay, well. You you realize I I can edit all of this, right? (laughs) Well, we're going to have a great time and I love spending time with my dad and I will miss my family but I'm really excited to be with my dad. I'm excited for you. I know it's something that that you enjoy so much and that you enjoy with him so much. And that's, and that's what Thanksgiving's all about, right? right? About being with the folks that you love and doing the things that you love doing together. So that's great. I'm glad everybody gets to do it. What they want to do, regardless of whether or not I feel like it's completely misdirected and a horrible, horrible, you know, example of idolatry and, you know, all that kinds of stuff. I will be in Costa Rica praying for you. <laughs> and thank you. Thanks, Will. I'm glad somebody's keeping watch over my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I want this, you know, this podcast to keep going. I want our relationship with Freeport to continue. And so, yeah, I mean, your, your soul is of utmost concern to me. Well, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I feel like mm-hmm. we should pretend like we are sitting at the banquet table and it's not broken, it's actually wonderful okay Okay. and i think that in the spirit of thanksgiving we should say uh five things that we're thankful for so basically everything in the book of revelation has happened we're beyond that exactly the new heaven and the new earth have been created and so well that'd be the first thing on my list is that we survived all of that yeah Uh, rapture practice yeah why don't i (laughs) rapture practice (laughs) yikes um, that's a phrase. I'm sorry I ever heard. I hope I don't remember. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you go first? I am very thankful, number one, that my son Mackinson is here from Haiti. In September, he arrived in the United States for the very first time. He's on a two-year visa. He's living with my husband and me and our sweet dog, Molly, and we have become just the most wonderful family. Um, He is kind. He is generous. I have loved him for 10 years, and I am so thankful that he is physically part of our family uh, in Shreveport. So 
I am so, so thankful that Mackinson is with us. That is the biggest thanks of this year. Second Thanksgiving is that everyone in my family, it's been a tough year health-wise for a lot of folks in my family, and everyone right now is healthy. So I'm going to knock on wood and give a yay God, yay God. So everyone's healthy and happy. Third thing I'm thankful for is we have, with God's help, created this amazingly beautiful global mission family. Uh, I am reminded of how wonderful and lucky and blessed in all the words that I am every day that I get a message from you or Stefania or Nate or Olga or whoever in our family. And it's growing. Our family is growing. And that makes me happy too. And Global Mission, it just really is in my heart and soul. And I'm thankful for that. So number four I am thankful for First Methodist Church of Shreveport. They love me and they love Chris and have they embraced Mackinson? Oh, it's been a joy to watch them welcome him into their church family. And so as a mama, that makes me so happy. And I'm so very thankful for the 10 years that I've had now at First Methodist Church in Shreveport. And number five, what's number five, Will? Finally, I am thankful for Mino Missions. For you, Will, for Sally Block, John Sweeney, and John Woodward, we have come together to create this new missions ministry that I can't wait for folks to hear about in the very next episode. So those are five things that I'm thankful for, Will. I'm thankful for Mackinson being here. I'm thankful for everyone being uh, healthy in my family. I am thankful for our global mission family. I'm thankful for First Methodist Church of Shreveport, and I'm thankful for Mino Missions. Those are all great answers, Ashley. I'll try to measure up. I'm sure I'm going to f- forget things, but uh, I'm thankful for health and for family as well. I was thinking about this just the other day because I looked in the in our pantry, and there's a little basket that has medicine in the basket, and some of it's Isabella's medicine for when she's having... Um, you know, respiratory stuff going on that, that hits her particularly hard. And it's you know, stuff that Yolanda needs to take from time to time, stuff I need to take from time to time. But the fact that the basket was put away in the pantry and not out on the kitchen counter means that none of us are needing any of those things. Oh, right now. praise God. So, yeah. Yeah. That was, um, I'm thankful for that, that we were ending the year with everybody being, being healthy. I'm thankful for surprises. We've got a couple of things coming up that I'm not going to say out loud, but our nine-year-old daughter is going to lose her mind when she finds out what it is. And so that's really exciting. And I'm thankful that we're able to to do that kind of stuff for her, especially right now at the age that she is. You know, she's an only child, which there's things about that that we love because it means we don't have to divide our attention between her and anybody else. But it also means that she spends a lot of time just with mom and dad. And so for us to have some things coming up that she's going to get to do with friends of hers and their families, thankful for that. I'm thankful for a full calendar for Costa Rica Mission Projects. We've got almost 40 teams that are signed up to come and work with us next year. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm thankful and also slightly nervous. We'll be fine. It just means it's going to be a really, really busy year. And I'm going to be completely wiped out by the end of the summer, but that's okay. We're thrilled that that many people want to come and be a part of what we're doing here. So that's really exciting. And I'm thankful for that. It's been, we've been slowly building back up to that after being completely shut down during the pandemic. And 
it's just, it's a really exciting time in the life of this ministry. I'm thankful for the work that Yolanda and Priscilla do in our counseling program. It's incredible to see the results of their commitment to the people who are coming here to be listened to and supported and accompanied through the challenges that they're dealing with. Uh, there's a long list of people that need that help. And so we're hopeful that maybe we're going to be able to grow that program in some some new ways during 2024 that will allow even more people to be a part of it. But I'm thankful for their commitment and for the way that the community has responded and the way that they look to us for that kind of, of support. And number five, I'm thankful to, to First Methodist Shreveport and the way that they have committed to my family and to this ministry and helped us imagine beyond just sending volunteer teams to Costa Rica every year, but what else, what else can we do together? What else can we be together most importantly? And the way that they've connected us to this community of missionary families that now we've gotten to know and to love just as much as that church does. And just an, an incredible network of, of people that is, has come out of that. And the same things that you feel when you get those notes from around the world, we feel them too, when we're also connected to those people around the world. And it's so unique and we're just so privileged to be a part of it. So those are the, the things that I'm thankful for. It has indeed been a magnificent 2023 and I'm thankful for you, Will. Very thankful for you. I'm thankful for you too, Ashley. That one kind of went without saying, which is why I think neither one of us said yeah. it. But, um, and, and I think it's, you know, <laughs> uh, people who listen carefully may wonder sometimes <laughs> whether or not we actually are thankful <laughs> for one another. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that we are, and and I think we kind of, I remember a conversation that we had while we were traveling this past month, and I think both of us were really worn out and probably jet lagged and sort of had to look at each other and say, okay, I know that I can talk to you this way because I know that you know how much I love you. And, and, and that's good. I'm thankful for that because that kind of relationship is not normal or common. And so the fact that we don't always have to pull punches, we can be honest. And there's things that there's ideas that I have that you can say, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, I can edit you completely out of interviews if I want to. And you know, that's just the way that it goes. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, of course not. That would never happen. No, but I'm, I'm thankful for the, the friendship that you and I have and the honesty that we have. And, but mostly I'm just thankful that we get to share this with everybody else. Yep. yep. You make fun of going on walks, you know, me going on walks with people, Will, but I'm glad that you and I could take a walk together while we were in Australia. And I'm very thankful that John Woodward and I could take a long walk together while we were in Australia too. Good things happen when you're taking good walks. You know, and people don't take enough time to just walk. Like, just think about that. This is, golly, I'm now I'm going to go off the rails, but I mean, how much of Jesus's ministry of presence happened while he was walking from one place to another and just talking with people, sharing with them, listening to them, coming across someone who needed to be healed from something, you know, but, but a lot of that happened during walking and we don't take enough time to just walk. I love the town that we live in, in Costa Rica. It's a small town, about 50,000 people, 
but everybody walks everywhere. Like we live outside of town, but on a day that we need to run a bunch of errands, we come and park the car in a parking lot and then just walk everywhere. And it's like, there's just ants all over town walking around. And I love to see that. I remember the first time I took Yolanda to the States and we'd been there for several days. And one morning we were having breakfast and she was looking out the window, you know, as we were eating and got really excited all of a sudden because she saw someone walking down the street. It was the first time since we'd been there that she actually saw someone outside walking down the street. And, you know, I think we just, we need to do more of that. You know, you make so much fun of me about going on walks or having a drink or eating a meal, but these things really do uh, solidify relationships, friend. Clearly. Yep. <laughs> Well, I'm very excited about this Broken Banquet Season 2 podcast. It's going to be wonderful. There is a lineup of all lineups that are coming your way, listeners. So we can't wait for you to listen to people we love, meet people that we've met, and uh, to be introduced to new people like we've been introduced to new people. So we'll bring them all your way. I'm excited to. Looking forward to it. And uh, I'm glad that it's the time has come. Your wait, Ashley, is finally over. Yes. And here it comes, guys. Season two of the Broken Banquet Podcast. New episodes starting next week. You've been listening to The Broken Banquet, a podcast by Will Bailey and Ashley Goad. Music provided by Irene and the Sleepers. Join us next week for another episode. He's prepared the table. All things are ready. Come to the feast. <laughs>